you can create a song, but why? Why am I creating a song? What is the purpose for the song? Where is it going to live? How is it going to exist in people's life? And you can look through different genres and you could say each genre has its own place to live in people's life. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining, listening to Musician Coffee House, episode 13, featuring Kevin Clark, the CEO of Point Motion and a Berkeley alumni. Um, so, just a little bit about Point Motion about this episode. Point Motion develops a motion capture. Uh, software for health and education institutions that allow their clients to engage in music-based experiences where each interaction within the user experience collects data on the performance of cognitive and motor functions over time. So if you're a music therapist or any health profession or even a music business entrepreneur, this is for you, so keep listening. Thank you so much, Kevin, for your time of joining me. Uh, do you have coffee or tea with you? Of course, absolutely. Have my coffee right here. Awesome. Today, I decide not to drink coffee today, um, just a tea. Um, it's raining and I thought it's a perfect time to drink tea. I don't know. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I think especially, you know, it's great to connect with you and, and share this moment, share this drink. And thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, before we jump into our topics, how about you introduce a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Well, as Grace said, I'm a Berkeley College of Music alumni, very passionate about music, but also technology and innovation. And uh, one of the things that's so exciting to me is seeing how really technology is making it possible for us to connect with people uh, who need and want music on a different level than we have before. So that's where, you know, I spend most of my time in developing and imagining new creative ideas is how to bring music where people need it most and yeah that's a bit about me and, and uh, what it gets me excited and also you live in winston-salem we're, we're we're both in north carolina that's right it's a good I place to be <laughs> yeah i think you're like the only person that i know that went to berkeley here in north carolina um, yeah there's not that many of us but um i'll tell you north carolina has a, definitely has its own um really comfort you know that southern comfort that you can find without going too far down south you can find it in north carolina um yeah we have to some sometime meet in person maybe after like the corona ends or something gets better um, yeah well yeah. i mean even better like that we can meet like this and also yes. uh there's i think one of the things that amazed me through the pandemic is that regardless of that people are still finding ways to connect whether mm -hmm. it be you know being more remote and digital in these conversations or you know there's also things called metaverses and virtual reality spaces where artists and musicians are getting together even though they can't be in the same physical space mm -hmm. uh been discovering a lot about different communities online that you know bringing people together who are passionate about art and technology really yeah this pandemic has definitely um, I don't want to say that it took away a lot of things, but I think it opened some doors that we never thought that we could ever do, such as like this virtual Zoom chatting, how like more accessible it is to absolutely to meet new people um, through through the distance. Um, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. So once again, thank you for your time. And so throughout your pandemic 
like season by far um how how what did that look like for you and for your company during this hardship time well i'll say that before the pandemic uh we had a hard time convincing people that it was important to have resources that could reach people without being there in person. Mm -hmm. So we work a lot with music therapists. And of course, music therapy is this relationship and this experience that happens between a music therapist and ultimately the patient. Mm -hmm. And at Point Motion, we developed a tool that allows for music therapists, for instance, to create content, you know, that uh, is interactive, that allows to use motion capture to track a patient's movements and interactions, and in turn, turning those movements into sounds, or instruments that the music therapist has identified. So it creates a musical experience out of movement and collects data. And for us, before the pandemic, we were advocating for this as a very useful tool for you know, data collection over time for music therapists to be able to monitor their patients in a way that is in alignment with their philosophies as, you know, as creative therapists really. Mm -hmm. And after the pandemic, uh, once people realized that it's going to be a lot harder for them to see each other in person, we started to get a lot more response, a lot more uh, collaboration going with music therapists and other therapists as well, OTs, PTs. And, you know, from there, we've really seen that for our business, it's allowed us to really show that we're a necessary resource for realistically moving forward a tremendously remotely in enabled uh, healthcare process and experience that, you know, we have to be able to have the right tools to reach out and monitor and support a, a patient's needs. So since the pandemic, actually, I feel like it's moved us in a direction where where we've been able to make a, a bigger impact. And so for that, that's the silver lining, but at the same time, you know, it's been difficult for us to really, to really move forward in certain partnerships because there's so much that needs to be addressed, especially at the earlier stages. So many of these organizations, they didn't have even a telehealth program set up. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've been working with programs that are very forward thinking in that respect but uh it's really pushed us forward to know that we have a place in this industry i could see that your program can be like very helpful as there's a lot of telehealth sessions going on and it could be very very um like it's like more convenient than meeting in person and it's very synergistic you know it's to that sense where a music therapist there's only about 10, 10 music therapists in the u.s mm. and there's millions of children and adults who would benefit around the world and in the U.S. from music therapy. So how do you give the music therapist a tool that allows them to carry forward what they do best yeah. out to a care team without having to physically be at every place? Right. Uh, and so for us, we feel like that was our mission is to create a tool that allows for instance, music therapists to achieve that, to say, I'm one music therapist, but I can create these programs, these experiences that are akin to maybe Zumba or Dora the Explorer where, you know, and we, but when you interact, there's that sort of responsiveness. So there's a, this creative experience that's happening for the user as well. Mm -hmm. And in that sense, you know, allowing a music therapist to reach beyond where they can just be at a single moment in time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, really that's how we collaborate a lot, a lot with music therapists. Yeah. I mean, you already have me sold. I'm definitely using your program. <laughs> you. It'd be definitely helpful and a great intervention, um, a fun activity. Um, and I, 
and also Kevin towards in the middle or towards the end Kevin will show us a demonstration of uh, by sharing his screen with us um, those of you who are listening through um, a podcast streaming platform you can check out our video uh, through YouTube which I will have it in the description box down below so yeah if you're interested in seeing all that is actually pretty cool so yes yes you. you have to look out for that um, so besides like of how your company um, is doing during the pandemic how about you personally how how are you doing well i'll tell you uh there's definitely been some challenges but to but i'll say i adopted a dog so i got a pandemic pooch oh my gosh yeah he he is yes he is uh quite the lovable dog his name is toaster he's a 90 pound like lab uh bernice mountain dog mix uh, when I saw the picture online, he did not look nearly that big. But when I went to go pick him up, they just put him in the back of my car. I'm like, all right, well. Wow, 90 pounds. <laughs> didn't, they, they, I'll tell you, wasn't wasn't expecting it, but I'll say it, he's very huggable. So at the end of the day, he was just such a loving dog. We actually fostered and later, you know, just ended up deciding to adopt him. And that has been, a, I would say, a huge way for for myself and my wife to cope with the sort of like, sort of at the beginning, there was a lot of isolation and that was very difficult, especially as artists and creatives. Like, I feel like we tend to want to be in a community of other, you know, forward thinking and expansive mind minded individuals. So that was, you know, one way that I felt like we could uh, solve that, but still I wanted to connect with people. So I felt like it, actually forced me to think about how I'm connecting with people in a way that allowed me to discover different communities online, uh, podcasts, you know, different, like I said, different communities that allowed me to really, I feel like, start to discover people and make friends again. You know, like, I feel like that's something that was lost a lot in the pandemic was just being able to show up to somewhere where, it's an area of mutual interest where you could just meet a new person and it could be, wow, this, you know, this person and opened my mind to new possibilities or they appreciate this thing that I also appreciate. And so like, I feel like in the pandemic has kind of forced me to find those communities online, which has been, I feel like a really awesome thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm with you on that hundred percent. Thank you so much for sharing. Absolutely. Um, I kind of want to go back to your Berkeley journey because when we first had our Zoom call, um, I was I was like, wait, what? He jazz comp and a film scoring major? What? <laughs> um, and an entrepreneur, like what happened there? And so if you can give us a story of why you chose that major back then and what made you become who you are today. Amazing. Um, I'll say for one, uh, my probably my one of my biggest inspirations was Coming up, I moved around quite a bit. I moved around a lot when I was younger. So I was constantly, you know, every three years, just like moving and getting to know new people. And music was always, I would say, like at one point I moved to Brazil and I lived there for a year and a half. And I didn't really speak Portuguese. My mother's Brazilian. So I went to go live with family over there and I learned Portuguese. But music was something that I felt like crossed this language barrier that for me, even if I couldn't speak or express myself in the best way, when through music, I could be on the same level as other people and I could connect and whether through dance, through expression, like that was something that really rooted me. So when I came back to the US, I just continued to pursue that. I was very passionate about also 
I, I get this at that point, I didn't know it was entrepreneurship, but like, I was very much so about creating something more than just sound, like creating experiences and connecting with people and bringing music to where people really need it. Something early on I said in my life, like, is you can create a song, but why, why am I creating a song? What is the purpose for the song? Where is it going to live? How is it going to exist in people's life? And you can look through different genres and you could say each genre has its own place to live in people's life. Mm -hmm. You know, if you look at classical, you can certainly look at places in the world where that music lives and thrives. Mm -hmm. And I grew up trying to find where I was in that mix. And in the beginning, it was just recording music and learning GarageBand, Ableton, Logic, you know, and just growing and collaborating with friends, having fun. Uh, until eventually I said, I want to really discover the next level. I uh, applied to a number of music schools, uh, one of which was Berkeley, and I got denied. Uh, it took me, yeah, it took me three years applying to actually get into Berkeley. Oh, wow. um, yeah, it was, it was a challenge, but it forced me to learn, you know, where my challenge areas were and mm -hmm. refine and teach myself to learn and grow. And from that point, uh, when I got into Berkeley, I'll say, the reason I chose jazz comp and film scoring, honestly, was because I realized, number one, if I'm going to be successful as a musician, as a creative, I need to hone the skills that I can be the best at for myself. Mm -hmm. And when getting to Ber somewhere like Berkeley, you look around and you see some of the best. You see people who are just the best musicians, the best at what they do. Uh, and, I, and it helped me realize, you know, that what I was best at was really creating music and creating an experience that speaks to people. And that wasn't necessarily performing. It was like shaping people's perspective through music. Mm -hmm. And jazz comp was like teaching me how to leverage sounds and harmonies in a really intricate and advanced way. While film scoring was like showing me the philosophy around shaping an experience for someone. So how they perceive music uh, you know, can change how they perceive an experience. And, and uh, that was sort of my, it wasn't really thinking I want to, you know, I, I had an idea like what I wanted to do, but not really the long-term career path. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I've moved around quite a bit in what that was going to be, but eventually uh, what led me to technology was really a family situation where a family member of mine had a spinal injury and was doing physical therapy and that notion of transforming someone's perception in a film experience carried over into physical therapy to say, how can I create music that transforms, you know, my cousin's experience in physical therapy in a way that motivates him to adhere, to come back and feel like he's not in a, he's not intimidated or threatened by maybe a very difficult situation right now, which is, I don't know if I'm going to be able to walk, you know? And so that was how like I, worked through Berkeley and eventually, you know, when I graduated, I decided to pursue that full time. And yeah, that was sort of how music came together for me. Wow, that was so inspiring from, from all of that, like, um, I guess, uh, journey as you're finding yourself as an artist. And then I guess, like when experience that and within your family member, I guess that gave you like clarification of, okay, this is, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. Like creating something innovating and, um, helpful for others. Um, that's, that's a really great testimony. I, 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 I love that. Let's like go in depth of like what point motion is. Um, Absolutely. if you can like, in, in what ways, like 
can we use it for, which populations, and all that good stuff. Absolutely. Uh, so point motion, really what it is, is for therapists. We work with PTs, OTs, music therapists, but we develop content for therapists that is interactive and it uses the camera built in on any device to track movement. So no special hardware devices or special cameras necessary. Uh, we provide that to therapists who are looking to track the progress of their patients over time, whether that be through, you know, and we mainly work in developmental pediatrics. So de developmental and behavioral pediatrics is where we mainly focus. Uh, so we've worked a lot with the autism community, ADHD, but we also work with, you know, children with Down syndrome and, you know, but also we work with neurotypical children who have uh, challenge, maybe behavioral challenges in school. That's been our main focus. However, we also work with, you know, adult populations that are in, for, for instance, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, uh, populations like that are already seeing a lot of benefit from using music in their care program. And mm -hmm. uh, essentially what we do is we've developed a tool that's much so like GarageBand or mm -hmm. uh, any one of those sort of production softwares, right? And instead of it just being audio production, allow we actually partner with therapists, like a music therapist, for instance, mm -hmm. who can go in and say, here are the sounds that are going to be triggered as the person does these movements. So they specify the movements, the sounds, they can put a narration over it, just like they were editing a song in GarageBand or something, they can create this experience. And then they publish it so that organizations like therapy organizations that are working with children, neuro, you know, neurodiverse populations, they can say, great, I want to subscribe to that program and assign these to my clients so that they, I can track them over time. So for the patient, it's like having a Netflix account that's set up by your therapist <laughs> instead of it being like, you know, all the trending videos, it's programs that are identified by your therapist created by people who are special, you know, have specialization in that field. And in such the therapist who's using that content can say, great, you know, look back at, you know, uh, Cindy between her two therapy sessions and say, oh, great, Cindy, after our music therapy session, you know, you're going to be doing these programs once a week, and it's going to allow me to track your progress in self-regulation. Or maybe you're working on proprioception or sensory motor or socio-emotional skills. So the content that they assign to that patient is in that area. And essentially, that's how we've been, been able to really make a difference and make an impact. So imagine as a music therapist at the end of, you know, two months, three months, your team member also says, hey, like, we want to track, uh, you know, how's Cindy doing with her progress over time? And instead of the therapist having to like go through all these manually written notes and create a report and doing all this like extensive work to then validate things on a qualitative level, they can back that up on a quantitative level as well to say, you know, here's how they worked on a qualitative level, but also quantitatively their reaction time decreased. So they're more responsive, their self-regulation, they're able to stay seated and self-regulate for longer periods of time uh, through these experiences or, you know, they're able to hold their balance or main, or they're doing exercise every day. So it's, you know, we target the outcomes that this content is each content piece is focused around. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have a lot of different things that we're doing, but it mainly breaks down into creating content alongside therapists and then in turn delivering that content to organizations so that say they're doing a telehealth program and we're doing a session like this mm -hmm. that I could tell you, hey, Grace, for the next couple of weeks, uh, you're going to be doing these programs and then we're going to meet and I'm going to have all that data. I'm going to be able to review your progress 
And, you know, instead of it being maybe just a subjective thing at the end of the period where you tell me how you're doing, I can go into the data. And afterwards, when we see a demo, I can show you sort of what that looks like. That's so neat. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Um, I think at this point, I'm just looking forward to show you or like you showing us the, the demo of it. Like, in, um, I think it's just so cool. I While you were talking, I was just envisioning just like, using your using your program and how um how you know it could be implemented into music therapy interventions and all sorts um 100%. yeah that was that's so so neat and in your teams is it um do you have any music therapists working with you or are they all business uh yeah i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh you know operational people we have you know people in business backgrounds, creative backgrounds, but the core of our team really comes down to the therapists that we work with. Mm -hmm. So we do partner uh, with music therapists. We have a neurologic music therapist uh, and they create basically program packages. They are the ones behind the content. They are taking their experience. They you know own clinics. They work in school districts. One particular individual, her name's Natalie Hawkins. She's a board certified music therapist and she created a program called Notes by Natalie, which focuses around key IEP goals and all the sort of content she was already creating that were like videos, handouts, these kind of things that they, she was developing for her school program. She basically adapted that into this digital experience uh, that then can be used by any school district, regardless of her being there and it has all her instructions. And so really the music therapists are the key element to really creating the content that is rooted in really standardized and evidence-based practices. We didn't want to like recreate the wheel. Like we could have created a tool that had these activities and experiences embedded into it, but mm -hmm. the way that healthcare and people and our understanding is evolving, we knew that we had to develop a tool that we could put into the hands of the experts to then adapt their best practices and what they know from their experiences to generate the content right. instead of it being, you know, we're going to create one program that's going to try and fit everyone's needs. Uh -huh. uh, you know, we really focused it around, like we want to enable the therapists to easily create that so we can grow alongside them. And then for those who are interested in the program, they just go to your site and contact you and they would just download, just download and, and oh, okay. okay. Wow. Yeah. They just contact us. Uh, we would introduce them to the program author themselves, the person who created the content. Mm -hmm. They would demo their content package. They would show them what are the outcomes, the therapeutic outcomes that they're targeting. And then from there, those organizations, they just pay a monthly fee based on the number of users that they have. So if they have 10 patients that they want to start with, they're starting with 10 patients. And, you know, ultimately that can be either reimbursed by insurance or many of the therapists, they also they can charge their patient, you know, to say, okay, we have a telehealth bundle. We're going to meet twice a, twice a month via, via, you know, teleconference here. And throughout the rest of the month, you still have access to this online content that's going to be sending me information. So they say, great, you pay $50 a month and you have access to like these telehealth sessions, as well as this resource that also allows you to monitor their progress over time. And that sends it can generate a return for the business as well as, you know, therapeutic outcomes for the patient. Thank you so much for explaining that to us. Totally. Um, 
I honestly, I know I've been saying this over and over again, but can we see the demo? <laughs> so, so glad, so glad to show it. And I hope people from the, who are listening on the podcast will hop on YouTube to take a look. Uh, definitely a lot. It's, it's great to be able to see what we're talking about here. And uh, if you want, I can just jump right into it. Yeah, please. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so there's many, you know, elements, many, many features here that we can go through. I'm just going to run one of these activities so you can see what they look like. And then, Grace, if you have any questions, I'll be happy to expand. Okay. Um, ultimately, what you're seeing right here is a um, is a home for the therapist, for the therapeutic organization that's using this content. Of course, they have all their patients that they're managing. So you can manage your patient list and et cetera. So you can say which content goes to which patient, uh, which providers are working with particular patients. With all that uh, fundamental administrative things aside, the therapist can simply choose the patient that they're working with today. Maybe they're working on a baseline assessment, skill acquisition or skill maintenance. Maybe there are certain areas, you know, different playlists like on Netflix, you know, you have action, comedy, Maybe this child has different playlists. They have a baseline. Maybe they have skill acquisition, skill maintenance. And each one of those comes and you can see here's like a list of activities that have been assigned to this particular patient. Um, we could go through each one and see like we have programs that are around self-regulation. So this is a yoga flow program based on uh, therapy, uh, therapeutic outcome for uh, not only relaxation, but also around self-regulation. So can you maintain your breathing through a sequence of movements? Uh, and also this is adapted, meant for children in wheelchairs. So each one of these program packages, they really hone in on a specific population needs. And this is sort of a uh, an array of different programs. So we have things for recall. So remembering the sequence of movements. And as long as you remember the sequence of movements, the music plays. And so each one has its own sort of target. I'll start with a sort of physical and I'll go into a cognitive, you know, cognitive program afterwards. But um, okay. to start, why don't we look at something like a, let's say an upper body exercise. Okay. So say we're working on an upper body exercise. Actually, I want to make sure I'm sharing. Uh, sharing my audio, sharing sound, here we go. So you should hear the sound coming from my, from my computer at this point. That's a key part in this, I, I think, being able to hear the, the sound response. So the first thing that happens is I'm able to choose a stage. So if the therapist or the guardian that's working with the child, as we work in mainly pediatrics, the, the parent might choose or might ask the child where they wanna be, or maybe they know that the child gets distracted easily so they can just put them on a non-distracting sort of environment that doesn't have that much visual stimulation going on. Mm -hmm. uh, but say we were a child who's, you know, working in a day program and they want to, maybe they've been inside a lot. So they want to be in a park setting. So we can choose a stage that here is our park here. You're seeing how it's tracking my movement. Uh, it's just going to open up my camera and it's going to show you how it's tracking my movement without any sort of handheld or wearable device. So, that means that anyone that has a laptop or a tablet, uh, even a smartphone, they don't need to buy anything extra. It's just going to allow them to access this right from their device. Oh, whoa. You can see. And on the side, you can see what sort of movements we're going to be prompted in this experience. So, 
I'm gonna, it gives you an opportunity to test out and make sure your tracking's working. So for instance, here you see when I lift my right hand, that bar on the bottom fills up, showing you that, I'm, that it's tracking, it's, it's successfully picking up my movement. Mm -hmm. So this is just an opportunity area to track your movement, see how well you're, you're calibrated. You can easily skip into the, into the program. And so now what's going to happen is like watching a television show. I'm going to follow along with the visual and verbal cueing. Okay. And as I do the correct movement, music's going to play. But if I'm not doing the movement, you're only going to hear the narration. Mm -hmm. So you get that responsiveness when you do the movement. But if you're not, then you still get the auditory support and the visual support. So okay. I'm just going to follow along here. Okay, boys and girls, it's time to exercise. Who's ready? We will be doing four different exercises. All of them are easy and so fun to do. Let's start with arm circles. Start with your right arm up and left arm down. So it's asking me to put my right arm up. When I do that... Rotate both arms in a circular motion until your left arm is up and your right arm is down. So if I don't do the movement, it doesn't light up. If I do, in this situation, it plays the time. Now return back to the starting position. And this is just like an intro tutorial. Let's do that for a total of 20 repetitions. Let's get started. Left arm up. So you hear the narration. Right arm up. If I start. One. Left arm up. Right arm up. Two. Left arm up. Right arm up. If I'm not fully Three. extending. Left arm up. Or I'm doing like Good job. Opposite. Right arm up. Four. Left. So you really. Right. You end up seeing five. Kids are excited just to hear the music. Left. Right. Six. Left arm up. Right arm up. And it'll Seven. go through like. Left arm up. This is a longer exercise experience, and it'll go through back turns. We have, you know, programs for squats and you know all sorts of itemized different physical therapy experiences that's how you know we see and and the music itself so you can make it so you know maybe there's a drum and when they do the right movement it plays the guitar or the bass or maybe it plays guitar and bass and when you do the right movement then the drums start to play so then the child you know they get this idea like i'm controlling the drums i'm I, you know, they're conducting the orchestra, you know, they get this feeling of when they interact, the music is, is being, you know, rewarded to them. Oh, so it's like reinforcement and hundred percent, hundred percent. So ABA therapists actually really love this because it gives that immediate response, that immediate reward, but also it's collecting all that data in real time. So as I'm doing, as I'm cued each movement or whatever, you know, each verbal prompting, uh, data is being collected here. So for instance, if a therapist wanted to look at Charles Smith's or Christina's progress on specific programs, you know, more or program lists that they're working on, all that data is being collected 
in real time objectively. So if you give this to a parent, it's not going to, the data is not going to be skewed in that way. Mm-hmm. The data is going to be consistent in what's being reported. Uh, and we can see things like average reaction time, how frequently they're running their program. So this is more in the, in the realm of compliance. You know, how much time did they spend doing their activities this week, this month? And how long, you know, maybe how inactive, you know, so who hasn't done their programs in at least three days? So they can start to see things like adherence, which is a big issue and really isn't tracked very well in the healthcare industry. Um, So not only can we help with adherence, but also uh, the data on the actual performance of those movements and the responsiveness to the cues. So we can see here, we have a pose achievement ratio. We can look at all the different cues that the patients have been provided and see where the challenge areas are. So for instance, we can see here that squat and straight arms forward and rest seated are areas that have, of difficulty. Mm-hmm. Standing rest isn't as difficult, whereas resting seated, you can see this particular patient is having more trouble with. So you can go into your entire patient population and see where are the challenge areas you know, from one date period to another Uh, You can also go into each individual patient and say, okay, we had Christina working on a target of shoulder mobility, and you can see the change in her success over time, the date, the times that she did these programs. You can even go through the sequence of movements and say, okay, here's a movement Christina did wrong. Let's see what that movement was. It was a standing arm, you know, right arm. uh, She was doing a left arm forwards because she was matching matching this pose. You could see the image she was matching, the movement, how long she was prompted for, uh, different metrics that are going to show, even for instance, say like, okay, by this period in time. So after, I would say, I guess from September to November, if you look at the same movement, now this person has a 49 second uh, millisecond response time to that movement. So great from the beginning, maybe you had other things in your therapy you were doing and you can go back without having to, you know, easily generate this into a report showing from the beginning to the end, we worked on these metrics. We know that it improved her responsiveness and range of motion because here in the beginning, she wasn't able to achieve this left arm, you know, range of motion. Whereas now she's able to do it within, you know, at the second point she did it, she was doing it within, let's see, 144 milliseconds. And by the third time she was assessed, it, it got down to 49 milliseconds. Oh, wow. So all of that said, you know, it's a way for music therapists or therapists in general to be able to show and validate their client's progress over time in a way that doesn't cost them their own time and going and writing down every single, did they do this right? How quickly did they do it? Put it into a report. You know, all that is automated using this tool fun it's so many you know there's so many possibilities and you know on top of bringing this content to provide to the providers who benefit from using it and bringing it to their clients and having a really patient-centered experience better managing population health there's so many like there's so many reimbursements that they can get in addition to as well Mm -hmm. uh in addition to all that it's great you know we love working with therapists as well who are looking to enable that possibility by creating the content. As I said, like we created this tool that this is this, I would say a very important thing to show. So this tool allows therapists like yourself, Grace, to come in and create 
the content that I showed you there. So what's the picture that's being shown? What's the audio that's playing? You know, what is the sound that's being triggered when the person does the correct movement? Uh, this tool, like I said, very much so like GarageBand allows them to create their own poses, just like snapping a picture. You know, you, you do the movement that you want them to do and it saves that into the, your pose library. You can save any audio files and use them as loops to create activities which ultimately amount to what you saw so you know therapists typically they're creating these activities and then that becomes a package of experiences around specific areas like arm extension neck side bend left right you know like or sometimes they have one that you know a socio-emotional like a sensory motor experience called begin with connecting that's around breathing and beginning by having a sense of your personal space so depending on the therapist we partner with they create that content. And, you know, in that sense, I feel like, you know, I don't want to go on too long about this, but it, it, but in that sense, I feel like what we're doing here is, is akin to what Pixar did for the animated film industry. They developed this technology and they mastered this technology that allowed for ex experienced storytellers or content creators to come in and, you know, direct the next, you know, Mickey Mouse or, you know, whatever content i know as disney but like you get what i'm saying like the yeah. allows them to create that content without having a technological expertise they can bring their expertise to this technology and create what is going to be reaching a lot more people than necessarily saying having a therapist do all those experiences and data collection by hand do we does a music therapist have an option to record its own song and um import it to the system oh wow okay Absolutely. So they have their whole, they have an existing song library as well as being able to create their own, you know, their own songs and their own auditory experiences. Uh, and like I said, it's very much like GarageBand. They can choose how many bars they want. So maybe this is going to have another four additional bars or what we call phrases. And then they can go in and say, well, here's my, you know, they can upload their tracks. So upload their audio files. Mm -hmm and then load those loops in here. And maybe they say, this is a, this one's gonna be a drum loop that is always going to play. And then maybe this is a guitar loop or solo that plays only when the movement's being successfully done so that they can create these auditory experiences, these containers. Also, they can add other layers, right? They can say, well, I need a layer for my narration, me as, you know, Grace's narration. I want to say you're literally trying to translate what you do for your patients. So anyone around the world can have that experience that Grace does with her parent, with her patients to track X, Y, Z, you can add your narration. Um, you can, and then from there, when you create your activities, so say we're creating a new activity that is going to combine those poses and those songs to create this activity. So you've heard of a digital audio workstation, like a DAW, you know, there's Logic, there's Ableton. What I call this is a digital experience workstation. It, it allows you to go beyond just the audio and create the experience. So say you're going to uh, just come here. Let's say I want to show you like this last step here yeah. where, where you can actually go here in the activities, uh, create a new activity. Oh, God, that's right. I just did that. Oops. 
And then the first thing it's going to say to you is select a song. So select the audio container. So maybe you have a song that you're going to leverage into five different exercise experiences. Uh, and so you can come here and say, great, here's my drums song that I created that is going to, it's around, you know, movement, active movement. And, you know, you have all your different narrative prompts that you can put in here. So say like, you know, we have different narration components. Maybe you want to edit it a bit, you know, duplicate certain bars. And then you say, great, I want to add a specific movement. Now you're creating the experience. You can say, right, well, I'm going to add these particular movements here. And then I'm going to assign those movements specific images. So maybe every time they put the right arm up, we're going to be showing them, um, let's say, let's see. Uh, we can start, you can actually load your own image as well. You can create your own image, but we also have a library of image images here. So maybe you have something that's like a right arm up and then maybe a left arm. Let's just say for instance, And then from there, you can sequence that almost like choreographing a dance routine, right? You can say, well, here's the sequence of movements that we're going to do. Uh, any additional pictures you wanted to put, say if there wasn't a movement there. And that's how, and you can, you know, from there, they can try it out. They can experience it, test out their, and that's how these activities get created. Um, basically, like I said, it's like a digital experience workstation that, ultimately results in an activity that is ready and can be assigned to your patients so that they can run in a session or can be assigned to a patient so that the parent can have a login and running those at home. Uh, there's a lot of ways, but ultimately it all comes down to that experience create. I love everything about it. I think it's just so unique and like I've never seen anything like this. And I feel like in our music therapy industry we need more of this um i feel like it's time that you know technology comes in um just finding more unique ways to to do it um and to bring your skills as a music therapist i mean a lot of music therapy in my opinion what i've seen uh, is that music therapists in my opinion are leaders um, of care teams and their job isn't just to be one-on-one -on -one with a patient, although that is a very, you know, every once in a while they bring in the main doctor to see a patient, right? Mm -hmm. But the doctors, they still rely on nurses and people to carry out the very essential basic functions that they, as doctors, need to have information into and to really supply, you know, processes. So I feel like this enables a music therapist to be a leader in how they can disseminate their expertise as music therapists to care teams so that one music therapist that's working on a care team of, you know, maybe 10 therapists across, you know, different specializations and hundreds of patients, a music therapist can say, here, I have my list of programs. Each, you know, program breaks down into specific skill areas so that, you know, a physical therapist can come in here to your content library as a, as a music therapist and say, I'm, I need something for a reaction time. And they can come in here and they can apply the programs that are identified by the music therapist around reaction time or crossing the midline, for instance. And they can find those programs and assign them to a client and then say, great, 
uh, let's call in the music therapist to now do things more in depth. And, and now all of a sudden the influence that a music therapist can have and the care team is much longer. They can say, you know, add new programs to here. So now the whole care team doesn't have to go to the music therapist every time and say, Hey, what do you have for this? Hey, can you meet, you know, they can automatically go to this catalog of music therapy driven experiences, say, you know, pull from that and say from there leverage and the music therapist can be observing that data and say, well, we look like here are the, ch the children are having challenge areas. Let me go in there now and do a little digging and, you know, do a more one-on-one -on -one session with a patient to be able to maybe curate specific content for them or dig deeper on a specific therapeutic outcome that they are trying to tend to. So it allows, I think the music therapist can now bring their skills and their talent uh, much more repeatedly, much more standardized than necessarily just having that with their one-on-one -on -one time. I'm like really excited I, to share, really this, excited with, to share um, this with um, on the internet. This is just awesome work. And what you said before about like like wanting your music to live, this is it. Like it's so radiant. So you want it to live in someone's life for a reason, in my opinion. There's this part of musicianship that you get to where it's about the music mm -hmm. uh, and it's not about you. It's not about your goals. It's like, what, what can the music do for people? Where is it needed? Yeah. And ultimately for me, after learning so much about music, who really needed music was my cousin who was in a room by himself with a piece of paper that said, here, do these stretches. And for me, I was, I thought like, that's where music can live, where the same feeling I get when I'm conducting an orchestra or playing or moving my fingers to create music. Like what if we can move music into an experience for somebody who doesn't have a musical background, who's maybe stuck in a situation where they're very vulnerable and, you know, maybe unsure about their future mm -hmm. cognitively, physically. And in that sense, I feel like each one of these activities has a purpose to live in someone's life for a specific reason. Uh, and that's been our mission. And really right now it's all about either connecting with therapists who sometimes they partner with music therapists, it can be an OT and a PT and MT that work together to create this package or, you know, and, and so number one is creating purposeful experiences. And then second, you know, connecting those to the people who will benefit from it. And I feel like this, has definitely been a great opportunity to share what we're doing. And as you said, there's not a lot of things like this in the world. So for us, we really want to make sure people in the industry are aware. And, you know, for people who are interested in going, you know, into what might be next in the field of music therapy or therapy in general, that they would consider this as a potential route. hundred percent. Yes, I'm all for it. This was so this insightful, was so Kevin. Insightful, I really, Kevin. really, I really, really appreciate, really appreciate you, showing you showing all of this great of stuff, this and, great just, stuff and just spreading the gospel of your work, basically. Of your work, basically. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the job of the CEO. I feel like so many times, you know, like it's, there's other people and I'll say my, my, this is actually something that helped me realize that I could do something like this as an entrepreneur, because while at Berkeley, I realized that it's better to be musical than necessarily to be a musician. A musician is one part of who we are, yeah. but if you just say I'm a musician, then it limits what you can really do. And if I, and I, and at that time, 
uh, I didn't see myself in the beginning as a, as a, I saw myself as a musician until one point where I said, if I'm going to start a tech company and I'm going to really make this something that, you know, is going to be globally accessed, then that means I'm more than a musician. And, but at the same time, everything I do as a musician was like critical to knowing what I had to do to grow this business. I, you know, my background was as a conductor and I'm not the best violinist. I'm not the best cellist. I, I, you know, I don't play all the instruments in the orchestra or the band. Uh, So like as, as myself, as a CEO and as an entrepreneur, I realized I have to be the conductor of this, you know, of this vision. My job is to find the best musicians who, and find out what I need to, what music I need to put in front of them for them to sound the best that they can sound. And that's how this business is going to, so like, for me, what I do is all about advocacy and just connecting this to people such as yourself who understand the value of it. This is so inspiring, so inspirational. Um, those of you who are listening, I really hope that you were able to receive the same feeling that I was feeling, um, the inspiration and the motivation as well. So Kevin, once again, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. I, I'm going to link all of your sites down below so that the audiences can also check out. Thank you. And definitely anyone listening, make sure you go and subscribe to the channel. Uh, there needs to be more awareness uh, around the evolution of music therapy and everything that you're talking about is a conversation that's really needed. So I think really make sure y'all go and subscribe and support. And thank you so much. And uh, really appreciate you taking the time to hear yeah, our story. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye.